folks. Welcome to episode 147 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration around your business and your money. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to understand the numbers from your business, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what determines how close you are to complete financial choice, and how to run your business without being in your business. Last week, we had Dr. Stuart Fishbein, a specialist in home birthing that saves both money and the health of the mother by avoiding unnecessary C-sections. Today, we have as our guest, Mitch Axelrod. I've known Mitch for several years through one of my mastermind groups. He's an entrepreneur for 45 years as a speaker, trainer, advisor, and number one Wall Street Journal, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon best-selling author. He's delivered 3,500 seminars, workshops, keynotes, executive briefings, and coaching clinics to more than a million people on business, entrepreneurship, sales, leadership, values, intellectual property, and life skills. Mitch has appeared in dozens of media and taught at NYU, USC, Notre Dame, and Harvard. He's helped his clients generate $3 billion, with a B, $3 billion of revenue. Mitch, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Great to be with you, Rennie. I'm looking forward to this chat. Thank you, Mitch. Now, I've got an idea what you do, and it's a lot of stuff, but tell me why you do what you've been doing. Well, I'll take you back to when I was 16 years old. I worked in a what's known as a luncheonette, serving food to over the counter. And one day, a guy put a dollar bill in my hand, and I had never gotten a tip more than 50 cents up until that time. And I said, well, you already paid your bill. I thought you paid his bill. He said, no. He says, I want you to know you served me, you smiled, you were clean. um, And I want you to know you're worth it. Uh Up until that point, nobody had ever told me I was worth it. And that stuck with me. And from that experience, I developed my life's mantra. I love and serve people. And they reward me with their money. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's been my driving motivation for now, I won't say how many years, but over 50 years and 45 years in business. It's truly really the driving force. I just love to serve people. Over the years, I've had the great fortune in various ways to serve a million people. So very gratifying. Thank you, Mitch. And Now, you're probably aware I donate 100% of the profits from the work that I do to animal and veteran charities. Now, I know there's not a particular charity that you support with your money, but what I do know about you, because you've done it for me, is you give up very freely of your time to support people. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, do you want to expand on that at all? Sure. I I try to give away 10% of my yearly time 
to help and support new entrepreneurs, people who are stuck, people trying to make decisions. And truly, time is irreplaceable. Yeah. Uh, money, money is irreplaceable. So yes. to me, giving up your time is giving up the most precious irreplaceable resource. And I give up my wisdom. I give up my experience. So I, I've worked with, you know, hundreds of people who are just, especially in the JVMM and meetings and groups. Anybody who wants a half hour time with me, I just give to them pro bono and uh, give them a, what I call a second opinion and something they could really latch on to that they could do and, and capitalize and monetize. Uh, and I know that's true because you've done that for me. You did that presentation recently for a Dove's Mastermind Group, and mm -hmm. it was among the best presentations anyone in the mastermind has done because, like Albert Einstein says, if you can't explain it simply enough for an eight-year-old to understand it, you don't know it well enough. And so you did a fabulous job. Thank you. Thank you. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Exactly. Leonardo da Vinci, the first word, five words in my book, The New Game is Selling, th those words, because I think in today's world, that's so complex, it's so complicated. When you can, it's, it's much harder to make something simple than it is to make it complicated. And so I try to reduce, I believe in elemental. If I can reduce everything to its elements, then you can mix the elements as you see fit in the way that they will work for you. So that's how I've approached uh, all, all of my work over the years. And I agree with you completely. Now, tell me who your target markets are. Well, we have I have two, really. Companies that want to grow their top-line revenue and bottom-line profit with virtually no expense by redirecting their energy, attention, and activities from the most expensive part of the business, which is getting a customer, to maximizing on the back end, getting lifetime value of the customer, referrals and whatnot. And that's what I do for businesses and organizations. Uh, what I do for individuals who have intellectual property, content, courses, programs, packages, is I show them how to sell, rent, and license those programs or the parts and the pieces of those programs to other businesses and companies and organizations. And so I've helped quite a few people generate millions and millions of dollars redeploying uh, their courses and programs as intellectual property. And a lot of companies, businesses of all sizes, have IP that they're not capitalizing or monetizing. And so yeah. part of it is paying attention, seeing where the value is, and then deploying that in a way that benefits you and the ultimate user. Yeah, I, I remember you explaining to me when we had a conversation about how you had licensed a chapter of your book to a company that didn't want the whole book for their sales force. They just wanted that one chapter and you licensed a chapter. I think it was for $25,000. Right. Yeah. yeah, the guy guy came to me. He said, "We have twenty five grand. Uh, I read your book. I loved your book. But if we buy the book, we can only buy like five, even if I sold it to him at cost five five bucks, he'd buy five thousand. And I asked him a really important question. I, I I discovered forty years ago. What do you like best about it? 
or what do you want to do? He said, well, this chapter on accessibility, unbelievable. Everybody was raving about it. So I said to him, would you rather have that chapter and be able to give it to everybody or just buy the book and only be able to buy five? He said, how could you give me a chapter? I said, I own the book. I put it into PDF and I sent it to you and you sent me the money. And that's what he did. So again, it's thinking not outside the box. You got to throw the box away and realize that every chapter, every segment, every section of your book, your program is IP unto itself. And sometimes the parts and the pieces could be worth as much as the whole. And I don't know too many people have, you know, replicated that. I have, I've told that story for 20 years and I have yet to see somebody come to me. I sold the chapter of my book because we think in whole, you know, the whole program, the whole course, the whole product. So it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. I think it's brilliant, Mitch. Now, here's a two part question. One of them is what was your biggest failure and what insight did you gain from that? Well, without a question of a doubt, I lost a million dollars in a year in a restaurant investment. Uh, unfortunately, I bought the restaurant and two months later, medical waste washed up on the Jersey Shore mm. in the summer. And uh, we went from like 300 dinners a night to 50 dinners. And then at the end of the summer, we had more employees than we had customers. After that, I just said, okay, I got to do what I love. And, you know, I'm not going to worry about making money. And so I really changed my whole approach to going about my career. And I got into speaking and training, which I was always good at. Uh, but I always used it as a marketing tool to develop my financial planning business. And then, so when we lost all that money, I said, my wife said, what are you really going to do? You're psychologically unemployable, you know? <laughs> so. It turns out within uh, about six months, I was back up to 100000 a year and I haven't looked back. Sometimes when I ask that question, someone says, well, I have no failures, but I had some major challenges. And but the <laughs> point is gaining the insight from it, like moving from just making money or something with a restaurant to doing what you really love and enjoy doing. Yeah. Now that we have a little bit of time, a lot of a lot of water under the bridge, as they say. You look back and you, you know you say that if I could tell my thirty year old self something, uh, what what would I tell him? And fortunately, I had my failure relatively early in my thirties, so I still had time to recover. But you you know, bounce back ability, adaptability, uh, flexibility is more important than ever. Uh, you can't get wedded to your ideas, your thinking. Uh, I have a quote book I've been threatening to come out with for years. I have about 100 original quotes. And one of them is, is the way you think it should be stopping you from having it the way it could be? Mm. That's, that's a writer downer. That is a writer downer. And everything I come up with, I come up with for myself. And I'm thinking... I always think it should be a certain way. And, and when you block off, it's like, I got to keep my eyes on the goal. You know, one of my friends and mentors, Brian Tracy, who gave me a very nice quote. You say, keep your eyes fixated. Don't divert them. Keep your eyes on your goal. And I said, hey, Brian, 
what if there's a Learjet right over here to your side willing to take you where you want to go, but you're not seeing it because you're so fixated on the mark? You have to have peripheral vision today. You have to be able to see the whole 360-degree panoramic view of things. And very often, we get stuck in the way we think it should be, and then we get into that tunnel, and we don't look at what could be way better. Yeah, it, we completely miss what could be. So now I know that some of my listeners, many of my listeners want to know how to get a hold of you to help grow their businesses, maybe what did they can do with their intellectual property. Do you have something that would be of value for them to reach out and connect sure. with you? Sure. I actually have two links they can go to and watch some really good video. And if they like the video, then they can reach out. Uh, the new game of selling where I have a 19-minute video that talks about the whole approach to the new game of selling and service. And then the uh, new game of IP, it stands for intellectual property, the new game of IP. I have a 40-minute uh, interview there where I take people through my whole history of how I got started, how I did deals, the things I discovered, the possibilities that are out there for people. And then from there, they can get in touch with me. Uh, if they want to email me, just my full name, Mitchell Axelrod at Gmail, and I respond to my emails personally. Beautiful. And while you're saying that, I was typing that up for the show notes so that people can just click on the links and get right there. And the last thing is, is, is there a question that I should have asked you that would also give some great value to those who are listening? The question I would say would be, why don't more people uh, throw the box away and realize the value of their intellect and their intellectual property? So I distinguish between the two. Uh, a lot of times we create courses and programs and packages and books, okay? That's the material uh, manifestation. I say go back from form to essence. This is essence what's up here and sometimes the essence if you deploy it a different way could be dramatically worth more than the form it's in a doctor i just coached last year had no product had no point but we taught him how to ask questions and then get to the point where uh some medical firm offered him a quarter of a million dollars in one meeting because he was so adept at being able to ask questions and then display his intellect. And so sometimes you don't need to need a product or a sales page or a pitch. It's just knowing what you're worth, where your value is, and then being able to either deploy it from the essence or create a new form in, that you didn't have before. So, you know, I always wonder why, why don't people think this way? But I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. And and now that they've listened to this podcast, they may be thinking differently. Hey, maybe. Yeah. Mitch, thank you for being on the Wealth on Any Income podcast. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with you, Randy. Thank you, Mitch. And to all those who are listening, if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. 
you'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free nine-step roadmap to complete financial choice and philanthropy and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or your money. And if you'd like to see how you can increase your wealth and donate money to the causes that touch your heart, please check out our affordable program, Wealth with Purpose. To my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.